Legend tales of a place where the booze flows freely and the stories are always entertaining. If you were bold enough to seek out such a place, head 13 miles down the Tuscan Highway to a tiny blues joint known as the Townsmith Tavern. Once there, <laughs> enjoy the ride. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and Bowl. Excuse me, excuse me, you can't say that. You're going to lose your family-friendly rating. You're going to corrupt the kids. B.S. A podcast that invites you to grab a cool beverage, pull up a seat, and enjoy time with friends. And here are your hosts, Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast where diametrically opposed penguins debate the merits of marsupial migration on the economic stability of hamster cryptocurrency in Ireland. I am your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how are you doing tonight? Hi there, Howard Hulahan. Yeah, I'm doing okay. You know, top of the evening to you, sir. We're here and we're gonna drink a couple pints and have ourselves one of them there good times or something like that. How how the hell are you doing up there? Well, better since I'm not offending the people of Ireland with that accent. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I apologize to all of our listeners in Ireland. Who have yet to start listening to this show. So when they do start listening to this show and they make it to this episode, I'm sorry. I'm I'm very sorry. It's a very weak sorry, but that's fine. We'll continue along and make this show something a wee bit better. Oh, Ryan's here to say hello there. Yeah, top of the morning to you. So um I'm I'm here. Um just ready to roll, get this thing going, have some fun. More importantly, have a couple beverages, talk about some things. That there's a show, and we have quite the show. As you can tell, it is the St. Patty's Day special on the Beer Blues and BS. Orion's so excited he wants to get in on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, I, I know, Kidder. I'm trying my best to uh, stay high energy with this. Um, I only got three hours of sleep last night. Uh, you know, I stayed up late editing the podcast, mm. so I called it a night at 1230. You know, went upstairs, got ready for bed, was probably asleep by one. And at 2 a.m., Howie Jr. came into uh, our room and started... Well, basically, he just didn't want to sleep, and uh, Lefty tried, oh, until about 2.40, almost 3 o'clock, to get him to go to sleep. It was kind of one of those things, like, you'd rock him, he'd go to sleep, he'd set him down. Ten minutes later, you'd hear the door open, and you'd hear him, so I, she was getting very frustrated, it was getting very shouty, so I was like, well... 
screw this. And I, uh, cause I wasn't sleeping through any of it. Um, <laughs> got up, put on the hoodie, went in and I ended up rocking him until five in the morning. Uh, and about that time he was finally out. I was able to put him down and I, uh, crawled back into bed and slept until my alarm went off at six 30 this morning. So yeehaw, Howard's running on, uh, like three hours of, of sleep. Um, yeah, it's, uh, as I said, we'll try. I'll probably start to fade as this uh, episode goes on, but uh, we'll see. We'll go first. You need something to drink. Well, you know, Kidder, and before we get to that, uh, I have to, I have to fix something from uh, last week's episode, mm. real quick, because last week we talked for about forty-five minutes about pizza, but we failed to address one of the most controversial topics in pizza, and. I think I know what it is, but what is it? Uh, we we missed the question. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? The question that has divided many people and starts many an argument. Kidder, where mm. do you stand? Pineapple on pizza. Yes, on one pizza. Pepperoni, jalapeno, and pineapple. Because you get the pepperoni for your meatiness you get the pineapple for some sweet and then you get the jalapeno for a spice and then of course you have the pizza the rest of the the cheese the sauce and the and the crust makes a nice flavor combination the canadian bacon and pineapple with hawaiian absolutely not throw it in the garbage get it out of here done with it mm. see now i like canadian bacon and pineapple, but I will also agree with you. I like that combo with jalapenos. I I prefer a spicy Hawaiian pizza. But yeah, I'm very much for pineapple on pizza. In that, I've never tried it with pepperoni though. Yeah, that's a it, it's really good because I I don't like Canadian bacon on pizza. It just I, I hate it. It's it's large pepperonis that suck. It's well, it's, it's ham, but <laughs> I, I know it's ham, but I hate it. it. It sucks on a pizza. Make it a shredded ham, and then I might like it because then it wouldn't be like eating a latex glove on a piece of pizza because that's usually how the ham comes out. Hate it. So get it the hell out of here. And maybe that's why I hate Hawaiian pizza so much because the ham always sucks. I think we found the root cause of why I don't like the uh, uh, Hawaiian pizza. Shitty ham. So take your shitty ham and throw it out. Switch it to pepperoni and have a superior pizza. You can call it a Hawaiian. You can call it a, an Aloha. I, I don't care. You can call it uh, a Kilauea pizza for all I care. Just have that instead. You'll thank me in the morning. You know, uh, Kidder, all I got out of that rant is uh, you are also a fan of thinly sliced ham. No, mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. I am not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't <laughs> don't prefer that at all. I, uh, you know, maybe shredded or diced or uh, no, not even that. No, I'm nope. I'm I'm done. <laughs> well, well, then it's. it's Probably good for us to move over to what's on tap. 
Uh, <laughs> Kinder, I've noticed you've been having me go first. I think it's so that you can like pair your beer to whatever I'm having. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been noticing this. It's like, oh, Howard picks a beer, and then you're like, hmm, what do I got in this fridge that matches it? <clears throat> Maybe mm. it's a mad like a magic fridge. Just it's 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 just chilling here. You know what I mean? It's just waiting. Waiting for you to see what you have. Now I already have my choice for this week. Chilling in the fridge. It's it's nice and cold. So you've had the the worst day. You need to start drinking first. So you go right ahead. Mm, I see. Well, Kidder, since we did decide that this would be our St. Patrick's Day uh, episode, I broke out um, the tankard. Which I mean, to give those of you a visual, this thing is big. Um, and so, uh, what I have to fill it, I, I didn't go for anything super crazy <laughs> and Irish or that, but, uh, you know, I, I just have some Bud Light here that I'll be, oh. uh, putting in. Yep. Yep. Hmm. It's, uh, more than a can, uh. I was I was just gonna say uh, the glass really isn't that big. You just have a small head, <laughs> and we know that's not true. <laughs> that's very much true. Good thing, Kidder, though. I I do have a second beer here. For those of our audience who enjoy a good ASMR, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We were talking about that at work yesterday. <laughs> We've talked about it on this show, but you can blame Lane for that. Don't listen. We blame yes. Lane regardless. <laughs> yeah. Did you actually well, fill that one up, or you you need you need more in there? I'm just curious. Well, well Kidder, um, I'm waiting for the head to go down uh, so I can fit the third one in because uh, this will hold three. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Are, so are you going to cheat and drink out of it first before you put the third one in, or are you going to let it settle and then pour the third one in and then do a true cheers? Well, I was thinking, uh, you know, uh, maybe let you discuss what you have on tap. Let this settle. I'll pour the third one. We can do a cheers hmm. and let the good times roll. Well, Howard Finkel here says that it's time to have a beverage. And what beverage is it? Well, <clears throat> how about a good old-fashioned Irish-made red ale? That's right. It's a Smittix. Hmm. Smittix and Sons, Ireland. An Irish-made red ale. It's a ruby red brew with a gentle hop bitterness and a sweet malt finish. This one is a 4.5% alcohol by volume. And I feel a little hosed with this because this bottle is 11.2 fluid ounces. So it must be some kind of a conversion thing. There's the, the front of uh, the old bottle. As you can see, 11.2 two fluid ounces and then uh, there's there's the back talking a little bit about the story which for those of you listening to the audio version only 
Here's the story. Smittix has been brewing in Ireland for over 300 years, like the castle at the heart of Kilkenny, where Smittix was founded. Our brews have stood the test of time. This ruby red brew earned its rightful place in Ireland's most loved ale. Now brewed in Dublin, this red ale has a blend of mild hops, sweet malt, and roasted barley. Uh, this is brewed by Guinness and Company, St. James Gate, Dublin, in Ireland, imported by Diageo Beer. In New York, New York is a product of Ireland. And uh, let's see here. Anything else hidden on it? What does it say? Smittix is a favorite in pubs on both sides of Atlantic and has been Irish made since 1710. This red ale is Ireland's most popular ale. Uh, yeah. A refreshingly balanced taste. So even the even the cap, nice, nice shiny silver. Well, it says Irish made. There it goes. Look at that for a second. Now, is it a twist off? I wouldn't expect it to be being a traditional beverage. So get out the handy dandy bottle opener here. <clears throat> Here we go. Hey, it's another another bottle for local geek. And cheers to you, my somewhat Irish brother. <laughs> hey, audience, place your bets. Does Howard finish this before the show's over? Place them now. Only two hours left, probably. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, this is three beers in mm -hmm. one giant tankard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yep, good old Smittix. We'll say that uh, the tap version of Smittix has a much, much hoppier taste to it, maybe. It's just uh, the fresher pour or, I don't know anyway um, just wanted to pop uh, into the quick side note right here that rude boy Kyle has come across the Mountain Dew hard in Des Moines they didn't have all the flavors but I think he picked some of those flavors up is he going to ship them up here or drive them up here? Most likely not. But maybe we can get one of them their first-hand experiences of if it's good or if it's not good. So there's a side note for you. And uh, I also will say that uh, we have some good hockey news coming up. That's coming up later in the show. Some wrestling news, as always. Why not? couple other things, video games, TV, miniatures, and much, much more coming up on this edition of Beer, Blues, and BS, which you can find out more about at BeerBluesBS.com. Again, BeerBluesBS.com. Please visit us on the website, BeerBluesBS.com. That's our home in cyberspace. And while you're there, 
buy us a beer, please. And thank you. You can buy us a round or just a beer and drop a message in the comments. And right here on the screen, you can have that little message put up right there. So please, beerbluesbs.com. I forgot how heavy this thing gets when it's full. It's a it's a hefty mug. Hmm. I'll let you sip more then when uh, we're on the show, so then you can, of course, <clears throat> be done with it a little bit quicker. Well, that would be good, Kidder, because uh, I'm, I'm hoping to have it finished before um, topic seven point B. <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand that uh, you've had some more interesting things at home going on with yeah with junior yeah i i wanted to share this kidder because you know toddler logic is is in is kind of the new realm that i'm entering uh in parenthood um the local geek probably is also experiencing this brother nico will eventually get to experience this um but toddler logic it's this it's this idea where they're trying to figure the world out, and because of that, they start making some connections. But they're not always quite right or true. Um, and so Junior has developed this thing. He's, he's done this for a long time where he will, he will signal if something is hot. Uh, and he'll do it by waving his hand kind of above it because early on when he started eating solid food, if we heated something up for him, if it was too hot, you know, I would wave it you know, my hand and try and cool it down. So that's now become his signal for too hot, too hot. The interesting thing is he has gotten to a point where anything that is kind of yellow or kind of an orangey yellow is hot, whether it is or not. So Kidder, like yesterday, um, I picked him up from my mother-in-law. She was watching him. Little guy had only had like a 30-minute nap, which not enough for his age. And uh, I made some tuna melts, a family recipe that I always kind of try and make at this time of the year. And uh, I I bought him some potato salad because he loves potato salad. And I kid you not, Kidder, because he was so tired, we had a whole tantrum because the potato salad was hot. Mm. But it's not hot. You know, I pulled it right out of the refrigerator you know giving him a scoop or two but yeah he it's like he's yelling like oh it's hot it's hot i'm like buddy it's not hot i you know like i picked it up with my hand I'm like it's not hot mm, it's good oh no we had a complete and total meltdown because in his mind like it was hot because hmm. it was yellow hmm. so that's that's the stage of life i'm entering in kidder where i'm now dealing with a toddler who has his own, like he's starting to develop some logic, but it's not quite right. And, uh, Oh boy. Um, yeah, I'm going to hope that he starts sleeping a bit more and that we get past this, but it's, it's just been funny kidder. Uh, just this, you know, this, this whole thing of like Mac and cheese, that's orangish yellow. Nope. That's too hot. Whether it's too hot or not. So, Fun times, the joys of parenthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure, sure sounds like a good time. You know, I, you know, it, like it's, 
it, you think about it and like you could you can kind of have two modes about it. you can either get very frustrated with it and be like you know or you can be like me and just laugh as your kid completely and totally breaks down because you're asking him to eat potato salad and he thinks it's too hot you know it's it's you just you kind of have to laugh at these things and roll with them and go with it so it's always fun always entertaining and that's life with a toddler and now i get to experience toddler and daylight savings time mm-hmm. i'm gonna need a couple more of these <laughs> a couple of those mugs yeah <clears throat> yeah on that side note, we need to get rid of daylight savings time. Just purposely leave it on daylight time. You know what I mean? Central daylight. Just leave it on that time. Standard time. Absolutely hate that it gets dark after f- 430 in the middle of winter. The most depressing time. I know it is. I, I, Ryan was agreeing with me. It's super depressing. I hate it. Be dark in the morning because then, you know, when you sleep in on the weekend or whatever days you don't work, it's dark so you can sleep later. Makes perfect sense. And then we don't have this back and forth and time change and then the statistical highest, uh, second and third highest rated days for heart attacks in the calendar year. The only other day or the number one day is Christmas. I think it's Christmas day. Mm. Might be Christmas Eve. It's Christmas anyway. So let's, let's just move on. I, I'm uh, I'm with you. I'm not a, a fan of the whole daylight savings time. It mostly, you know, it's, you have to remember it. You have to try to adjust to it. It, it just doesn't really work out real well. So, no, I, I'd be with you there, Kidder. Uh, in fact, there was actually a bill in the legislature this biennium uh, to do away with daylight savings time. Correct. And it, and it had broad support. Except, but nobody voted for it. Right, because... Because they're lame. Well... <laughs> Not quite, but their reason was that uh, Montana, South Dakota, and Minnesota would still be on daylight savings time. And oh my gosh, that could cause some problems, especially in border cities like Fargo, Moorhead, Grand Forks, mm-hmm. East Grand Forks. You know, because you could cross the river and they'd all of a sudden be two hours ahead for a part of the year. So, well, then we just take over those inferior states as border zones. And then we have them just be the same as us. I'm still, I'm even okay with like mountain time being, you know, that time zone, but the switching back and forth. No, I don't care. I mean, there's, there's areas of, of other States, Arizona being one of them that don't have a problem with leaving it one time all year 
no problems there. And yes, I get the border states and like Fargo and Grand Forks and some of the other ones that have cities directly on the other side of the state line. But that's also why the state law was changed decades ago so that those cities could have their bars open to match the times across the river. So maybe those cities should match us because again, just like you were saying, the same thing happened in Bismarck and Mandan when mountain time was the Missouri river. People would close down a bar in Bismarck. Hey, let's go to Mandan. We got ourselves next hour of drinking. And then they would drive lit across the river and drink for another 45 minutes to an hour. So I, I understand the problem, but those are other states that can figure out their own problems or other cities. So I think we just need to own up and do the right thing for our people instead of making us suffer. Did you drop something in your beer? No, uh, you know, okay. So like, I know the tradition for St. Patrick's day is to do green beer. I hate doing that just cause then I have to clean the green out of this, uh, mug. But as I'm sitting here, Kidder, I just, it's been a while since I've had just a straight up Bud Light. And I, I'm just kind of like, as I'm like working through this, like, you know what? Should have put green olives in this. Need some olives. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I'm, I'm kind of regretting that right now. And I'm like, oh, I should have got green olives and put that in my beer. It would have been. But I didn't think of that because, again, three hours of sleep. So. Mm. But, yeah. I don't know. Get her. Maybe the fact that we've been drinking, or at least I've been drinking so many weird, strange, different beers. I don't know. This Bud Light just kind of tastes very watery to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, it, uh, it has a, a basic flavor of... Uh, beer and happiness and you've had all of these terrible terrible over flavored beers for weeks and months and it's skewed your taste buds i know this doesn't you know taste like fruit or hops or spruce i'm kind of missing that you got a couple couple pine trees out back you could go snap a sprig and just toss it in the top for decoration i mean i might do that kidder it's just yeah mm. note to self bird might be waiting for you no that that is true i better not go out there especially now that i've been drinking and now i have this ridiculously large target on my head hey uh future howard buy green olives because i have more bud light and uh because i picked some up to be the sacrificial for a while um I'm going to need green olives, so future Howard, get on that. Mm -hmm. Making good progress, though, Kidder. Making good, good. progress. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. uh, someone uh, that I hope makes some good progress is Big E. Just learned that at this evening's live SmackDown event, there is a nasty belly-to-belly -belly suplex on the... Uh, outside of the ring area and big E landed on his neck and uh, was stretchered out of the arena 
uh, of course, doing the, uh, you know, paralysis protocol. Uh, I haven't seen the photos of or video of him being carted out, but, you know, I know their standard procedure, put him on a, on a backboard and strap him on there and you can get him, you know, immobilized so that there isn't any permanent damage. But update that uh, he has a broken neck, a broken freaking neck. Uh, he apparently gave the thumbs up off the stretcher uh, or the backboard or whatever they carted him out on as he was leaving the uh, ramp of the arena. So speedy recover to big E. Uh, I hope that uh, all goes well and, you know, sad that he'll be out for a while recuperating, but on the plus side, they can't screw up his character for a while. <clears throat> so there's that. Also, uh, I think it was earlier today or maybe last night. I noticed WrestleMania access had been canceled for this year's WrestleMania. Stupid. One of the uh, many fun things toward the top of my list when we went to WrestleMania 30 was going through WrestleMania access. Why? Well, uh, this photo was not from access of, of the Fink Howard Finkel autographed, uh, a couple years or about a year before he passed. So it was really cool to meet him. But uh, this one actually was from WrestleMania access. This is when, when they did the show of uh, the WWE legends house and uh, premiered also on, you know, USA had it, but it was on the WWE network. And this was, a, I mean, you and I watched, I think, all of it or almost all of it and uh, really enjoyed, you know, seeing this. And, and I don't know if any of it was scripted or not, but I mean, got to take uh, some photos with certain legends like, you know, Jimmy Hart and Mean Gene and Howard Finkel. So I'll see if I can dig that photo up. And if I do, of course, <clears throat> uh, future Howard can have fun with that. But, uh, good old Tony, Tony Atlas. <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking it was the Abraham Washington show for a minute there. And uh, also, this is back in the day when the WWE Network was was a big promo. Remember, only $9.99. I mean, look at what they did. Uh, really, really cool uh, promotion here. And of course... WrestleMania 30 and all the devices because uh, that's what the event was at the time. And I thought I had this one signed, but uh, that must have been in, in one of the other uh, folders that I have floating around. But anyway, <sighs> there's that. So very disappointing. You know, aside from getting to ha take photos with superstars, meet the superstars, uh, Booker T met there. Big E actually met there as well <laughs> that selfie is hilarious met our truth the new age outlaws as well and uh, road dog and jesse james and uh billy gunn mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh saw the usos when they were tag champions at the time and 
of course saw a few of the other major superstars but uh, if you wanted to wait in line to to uh, take a photo or get an autograph from them i mean it would be an hour or longer unless you had the vip ticket which we tried to get but they were sold out because we didn't know about it and so it was kind of a last minute hey we should go do this but wwe shop there wrestlemania shop very good very good lots lots of cool stuff so there's that well, uh my son cody Rhodes. Oh. oh you you what i, I was gonna add because i i you had that the wrestlemania access is it's because wwe i think they said they're focusing on a access shop so they're basically focusing in on their merchandise such that's what's replacing access so more merch to buy but less of the event and such so just to throw that little tidbit in there lame because i know you saw saw me uh do the video the uh, entrance video that's that's floating around somewhere they had the entrance ramp and then you could choose from i think eight uh men's superstars and four divas at the time do the entrance very cool but yeah my son cody rhodes he he was at uh wrestlemania at that time or in wwe not anymore and uh not yet again the talks have apparently been stalled uh have you heard anything else any any other information uh, oh ryan are you concerned well, <laughs> truthfully, you Cody Rhodes. Yeah, truthfully, uh, I I read an article that was just kind of a collection of rumors that were floating around. Let me just speedball some of these rumors. And there wasn't a lot of details, but this is what we heard. Uh, Cody Rhodes has yet to sign completely with WWE. They're still negotiating some stuff. They're hoping that he will be on Raw on the 14th. We'll see if they get it done. But it lo- is looking more and more like he... Uh, if they can get it done and get him into WrestleMania, it'll be him versus Seth Rollins. But they haven't quite hammered home that deal yet, which is part of why we've been seeing conflicting stories that he's in or not. Uh, a couple other of these quick rumors. Braun Breaker, who is down at NXT. Uh, it, it sounds like they are looking to call him up, like he will be making his main roster debut soon. He's been working uh, dark matches and been on some of the house shows uh lately and apparently according to one of the commentators who was unnamed is that uh when he made his entrance the people had no idea who he was (laughs) that doesn't surprise me um another name that sounds like it's quick on the rise and could be on the main roster soon is uh gable stevenson Uh, If you don't know who he is, he competed in the Summer Olympics uh, this year. He is a Minnesota Golden Gopher, Eh. um, but he uh, he won the gold medal at the Olympics and was then signed pretty quickly uh, to WWE. Um, It sounds like they're wanting to push him as the next Brock Lesnar. Um, So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and the last of these very quick rumors that we got, uh, it sounds like the rumor is that Rick Steiner uh, is looking to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, but not his brother slash also tag team partner at times, Scott Steiner. So 
we may only get one of the Steiner brothers inducted. Um, WWE and kind of Scott Steiner have been uh, at odds for a while, so we'll we'll see what happens with this. But those were just some quick rumors I saw earlier tonight, Kidder, so I threw them in uh, just to throw them out there. And by the time this airs, maybe more we'll have an probably, answer. Yeah, <laughs> people will be like, "Man, guys, get with it." <clears throat> yeah, I ended up. Uh, Watching Monday Night Raw and uh, like usual. My condolences. I know. Thank you. Most of it was uh, about the same as usual. Uh, But Becky Lynch had a legitimate injury that kept her off of Raw. And there was speculation, purely speculation, that she could be missing WrestleMania because of it. Uh, and it was because of that Bianca Belair whipping with the braid. She actually uh, had messed up part of her voice box from the the braid hit her throat or something like that. I mean, you look at the the injuries, and there was like immediate road rash. I mean, my personal thought is that should be cut off because she uses it as a weapon and you use something as a weapon or, you know, a weapon and you get disqualified. So I don't know why WWE, you know, lets that roll, but um, is what it is, I guess. So there's that. Uh, Any other double double E topics that uh, you want to think about digress on anything? Nope. No, he's shaking his head. No, get the hell out of here. All Let's right. Keep it rolling. <laughs> they keep it rolling. Why, are you almost done with your beer already or what? Uh, I no, am. No, no. I just, wow. It's going to take me a while. Kidder. I'm uh, I'm closing in on the halfway mark. I'm doing pretty well, actually, with this. As we both take a drink. Leaving up yeah. audio pause that future Howard will probably clip out when this show goes too long. You mean you don't want to hear the in there? I mean, it's very refreshing. And I think I made it through this so quickly because of that missing 0.8 ounces out of out of this. So I call shenanigans. Hi. Well, Hi. Can, let's uh, let's maybe get yeah. through. AEW news quick so that we can yep. get to a round two for uh, you. What's on tap? Sweet. Sweet. So this episode of Dynamite, contrary to the steaming pile uh, of Raw that I watched, this, very good. Started out, Jericho comes out. I want to apologize for <clears throat> the match at Revolution, which if you want to see our entire Revolution um digestion if you will of what happened in the show and our reaction you can visit that link and watch that video or listen to that podcast specifically but with this dynamite episode he comes out and uh, is wanting to uh, shake hands and make good on his promise that he did not at revolution. So they, they end up uh, cutting a couple promos back and forth and, uh, turns into a really good promo, really emotional, not too bad. And then they shake hands 
and uh, 2.0 comes out and they start uh, beating the hell out of both of them. And then uh, the other members of the inner circle come running out and uh, try and help you. They get the upper hand and they give Jericho the bat and he he's going to, to swing the bat at one of the 2.0 members. And instead of hitting one of the 2.0 members, he hits one of the inner circle members, poof, the big, you know, and then uh, Jake Hager comes out and he's like, what's going on? Because, of course, they ended up uh, beating up everybody, right? Uh, 2.0 and Jericho just beat everybody up with the with the bat. And uh, Jake Hager comes out and Jericho, you know, was like, hmm. So Jake Hager starts beating the crap out of uh, the former inner circle members as well. At the end, they give the one star salute to the rest of the people and the inner circle is done. And now they have the Jericho Appreciation Society. The JAS. So that'll be interesting. See where that goes. You're on the edge of your seat, Howard. Get get, get her. Do you like jazz? Hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a reference to a movie that nobody has seen. Probably not. William Regal was out. <laughs> he uh, he was out there because Dan, uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson of AEW fame and uh, Ring of Honor fame. And John Moxley had a tag team match, their first tag team match, which of course they steamrolled. Are you leaning as well? Or you're holding on to a glass? What's what's going on? You okay? I just dropped something. I was just picking it up. Oh, because it looked like you're just kind of. No, no, <laughs> no! I I literally dropped something, and I just was reaching down to pick it up, and okay. Sorry for calling you out. I apologize. <laughs> I thought the the glass was getting a little heavy and it was starting to pull. <laughs> that would be the other way, Kidder. I'd be leaning uh, this way. <laughs> I suppose you are drinking with your right hand tonight. There, uh, William Regal is out there ringside, and after the um, not surprising victory over uh, Ring of Honor tag team, uh, William Regal grabs a microphone and talks uh, about a lot and apparently went way over his time. So he issued an apology because he apparently doesn't do the whole uh, gossip backstage BS. So he publicly posted an apology of, look, sorry, I went long on the segment, but uh, he had a lot to say. It was very emotional for some of it. Uh, He praised Brian Danielson a lot, saying that he is the wrestler that uh, he could never be and all the training that uh, the two of them did helped him become the best wrestler uh, that Brian Danielson is. And of course, uh, also training with John Moxley for the past 10 years or so, making him uh, crazy and really, really good. And so there'll be an indestructible force in the AEW tag team division. So I, uh, you would like it. So if you get a chance, I hope you get to watch it. If you haven't already. I actually uh, started watching it. And uh, Kidder, I didn't think it was as great as uh, you did. Mm. Um, I actually kind of thought I, I would be the one that said thought that it uh, it ran a bit long. It it 
Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I get it. I get that he was emotional and, and all of that and, and such. I, I'll put it this way. I think, I think there'll be better promos coming from him as he gets a little bit more settled in. Mm-hmm. But for right now, it was, I got to the part where he started talking a bit about Moxley and I just was like, <laughs> and, I, and I think again, part of it, and I had the same problem with like the MJF CM Punk promo. If you recall, like I saw all mm. the stuff like Regal delivers a masterpiece promo, da, 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 like all of this, like hype about it. And I go to watch it. And I'm just like, hmm. Maybe that's why it's the hype. The hype got you. Because yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved the MJF CM Punk promo. All of yeah. them. I, I think there's a difference between like watching it real time or like in your case, you know, as you watch the show versus me who a lot of times when I see this, it's on YouTube, but it has that, you know, like kind of clickbaity title and yeah, it's, it just builds it up. And then when it doesn't quite deliver or it's not quite as what I expected, it, it's like, well, that wasn't as good, but yeah, I, I started watching it. I, I watched a good chunk of it, and, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that, you know, I, I, I think it'll get better. Yes. Yes. Very good. Oh, let's see. Uh, next up on the wrestling uh, piece of information, Matt Hardy out there in emergency meeting with the AHFO. Well, what happened? Well, he uh, Andrade Lidlo wanted to uh, fire him from the HFO, which then turned into the AHFO. And Hardy's like, nobody's going to get me out of this group because I founded it. Right, guys? Let's do the thumbs up to see. And of course, Andrade, no. The uh, other dude, his assistant or whatever, no. And then the uh, whoever the 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 two younger guys are with the the HFO they're both thumbs up and of course he's Hardy's arguing with Andrade and as he's arguing with them both of them behind him turn their thumbs down like this and uh, Andrade's like are you sure that everyone wants to be in the group or something like that and of course he's like what are you talking about right guys he looks guys and of course both of them are like this and then they start beating the crap out of him everybody beating the crap out of matt hardy and throwing him around and then all of a sudden oh man what do you mean jeff hardy is here on the day after his non-compete clause expires yeah jeff hardy Shows up AEW. Jeff Hardy's all elite. The best part about it, he's coming coming down on the ramp. Music's playing, of course, and he stops up at the top of the ramp and does his normal. <laughs> all right, my brother's getting his ass whipped and runs down, and then uh, starts to clean up. I should also mention that Sting and Darby Allen came out to attempt to even the numbers there and then uh the four of them had a nice moment you know at the uh, end of that segment so is it a new stable 
Maybe that would be interesting because Andrade was trying to get Sting to sign with him. So I wouldn't be upset about it. Sting and Darby don't need it, but it would be somewhat interesting. Uh, let's see some other AEW notes. Tony Nese is still in AEW. Happy to show up and challenged new sign Swerve Strickland. He was in that failed rap group from NXT that made it two episodes on uh, SmackDown, I believe it was, and then they were pretty much all fired. Hit row. Yeah. Yes, those people. Thanks for remembering, because uh, I've been trying to remember since Wednesday. <laughs> Mercedes Martinez was in there as well, I guess. Against her. Uh, probably, yeah. And then she was fired, and now she's in AEW, but then she wasn't on AEW this week again. And I don't know. Okay, next uh, on uh, the the list, FTR had a promo about family and uh, competing elsewhere and having fun, and Tully Blanchard was like, we're about winning titles here, and then they're like, you're fired, Tully, and I'm like, what? So Tully Blanchard, no longer with FTR. Uh, Let's see. Next, Wardlow came out, cut a Big promo, of course, after the Revolution pay-per-view and uh, all of that with the ring and whatnot. Said that he's still under contract with MJF, but he doesn't care because it's Wardlow's world now, and everybody is on notice. Then there was a TNT Championship match. Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky, and your new TNT champion is Scorpio Sky. That's pretty much how how it ended there with the uh uh what the hell are they american alpha? i don't remember the uh no not american alpha no uh, that's the the uh, wwe yeah. former tag team um, <clears throat> we'll think of it at some point and i know future howard already thought of it <laughs> but uh they basically were, were out there and then started beating up um, uh, Sammy Guevara and uh, his wife. I forget her name off the top of my head here as well. But uh, Paige Van Zant was there. And uh, she is uh, big in the MMA, MMA world, bare knuckle fighting world. Uh, I, I don't know if she's like big as in winning, but she's somewhat famous for being in there and now officially is all elite has signed a contract with AEW and is aligned with the uh, American uh, whatever their name is. And then one old dude who likes to yell. So the, there, there is that. Why'd you just send me Chuck Norris in jean shorts that he calls them action pants? That the, the, they're only $20. <sighs> Why? Why? Howie? <laughs> Why? Yep. Is that beer getting to you? <laughs> Talking um, wrestling that boring? <laughs> again, it's that three hours. I have the attention span of a gnat. Plus, you know, it's a reward for everybody who's made it through the wrestling talk and 
now they get to see this <clears throat> excellent graphic. American Top Team. That's that's the the name of them. Dan Lambert is the dude. I just remembered his name. So <laughs> small amounts of redemption. Uh, also, interesting uh, news that I found out this evening as well is that AEW will now officially be under the umbrella of both Warner Media and Discovery following a merger between Warner Media and Discovery. Apparently, Discovery announced that their shareholders had approved the merger between the companies officially creating Warner Brothers and Discovery which is now, quote, a premier world entertainment company. That's uh, insane because of uh, how many channels are in the Discovery Company umbrella. You start thinking about that. And then, of course, Warner Media has enough. But uh, that's crazy. So what does that mean for AEW? I don't know, but we'll have to keep our eyes on that one as we continue. So there's that. How's your beer doing? Not too bad. Is it time to talk hockey, Howie? Uh, I thought you wanted to do a what's on tap round two, but I mean, if you want, that's very true. I am. I am thirsty. Are you thirsty? I, I, but no, I have this like infinite supply of Bud Light. Hmm. But uh, I, I know you want a, another one. I mean, technically, Kidder, I'm slightly ahead if you think about it, because I have three beers in here. So, like, I'm clearly on to beer two. So, I'm slightly ahead. Okay. Well, how about this? This one is also an Irish beer. It's Harp Lager. And it is imported from Ireland. I said that, but I'll say it again because it has a harp on the front and it says imported from Ireland right on the top. Established in 1960 and it's uh, St. James Gate in Dublin. This one also 11.2 ounces. What the hell? Must be one of those uh, things over there. Uh, Anyway, uh, harp. Is a premium lager imported from Ireland, brewed in the classic Pilsner style, is created by a Guinness German brewmaster in 1960. This crisp lager has a fruity nose and a clean finish with hints of malt and citrus hops. This one also brewed by Guinness and Company, St. James Gate, Dublin, Ireland, and imported by Diageo Beer Company in New York, New York, a product of Ireland. So there you go. There's the the front of it again with the the harp logger, the back showing the the quick story uh, that I just read out to you, and the seemingly familiar looks like a I mean it's a harp, but it kind of looks like the the Guinness harp right there. So. Let's open this bad boy up. Try this one out. Hmm. Yeah. So that uh, you can smell the the fruitiness a little bit there on the on the top. So there we go. There's a nice crisp crisp taste to it. 
Yeah, you're you're too young for this, Orion. You got to wait another like six months, because then you're you got to be like twenty-one in cat years. Anyway, cheers to you again, Howie. Cheers, Howie O'Hulahan. Yeah, that's a, that's an easy drinker, so I could see why <clears throat> you'd want to have a couple of those. All right, let's get the luck of the Irish going with the Colorado Avalanche. So, a good one, but a close one. Let's start back on 3-7. Avalanche are in New York playing the Islanders. They go up 5-1. to one, And then almost lose the damn game. They still won 5-4, to four, but just terrible. Like, you can't. Come on. You got to play hockey. Like, get it together. I don't expect you to win every game, but after doing so well for so long, yeah, you're getting a little tired, but maybe you're not conditioned enough. Maybe you're not putting in enough effort. I don't know what it is. I'm not, you know, a professional hockey player. I just play one on TV. So they at least won that game, but kind of disappointing. Then... The next night, they go over to Joyzy. Because, you know, it's a Joyzy thing. They play the Devils. First period. Go up 3 nothing. I'm like, yeah! Kicking ass. Let's do it. They end up losing by two goals. Yes, the score was 5-3. to three. The Avalanche lose. Five unanswered goals. Are you kidding me? Come on. Like, I don't know about Darcy Kemper. Uh, you know, he's had some really good games, but I remember him from his wild days yet of, eh. and uh, if he's going to really be that solid goaltender that they uh, the Avalanche coaches want for the playoffs, he's going to have to pick it up a little bit, if you know what I mean. So we'll see how that goes. So agitated about that on the 8th. Then, two days later, Avs traveled down to Carolina. They played an okay game, but it wasn't a good game. They lose to the Hurricanes 2-0. The last, or the first goal came about six to seven minutes left in the game. And bad penalties, bad calls. Like you can't, you, you you can't be doing what's going on. Now, this interesting piece of this game is that Landeskog, the Avalanche captain, was getting very agitated because this game had some of the worst officiating in the past ten years. Like, absolutely horrible. Blind calls, calling the wrong thing, calling both teams for things that they... All kinds of stuff, right? Landeskog got so pissed that in the final seconds of the game, uh, I believe Nazem Kadri was called for a high stick and was not a high stick. In fact, he got smoked by a, a, a Hurricanes player. So... 
he went over to the official and he started mouthing off. Well, basically the uh, official did not like that and said, well, you get a game, a 10 minute game misconduct and you're ejected from the game. So come on, really? The uh, uh, post-game press conference, Gabe Landeskog was up there, and uh, he's talking about in the 10 years that he's been doing these different press conferences and and talking about things that happen in the game. He said he's never, never thrown the officials under the bus or, or really been hard on them for anything, even when they've blown calls. But in this one, He said, quote, I guess I hurt his feelings, amongst many other things, and discussing about how it was just a terrible, terrible game. Just terrible. So, there's that. Sorry, had to take a quick drink of uh, my beverage here. It's pretty good. The other thing I want to mention with the pro hockey news here is that uh, former Avalanche hockey player and former Fighting Sioux hockey player who currently plays for the Edmonton Oilers, that is Brad Malone, which right here off camera, I have a signed Avalanche pregame warm-up jersey from him. Scored his first goal since 2015, mainly because uh, he's been traded between the Avalanche and then he played with the Carolina Hurricanes and then he's been with the Oilers, but then was playing in the minors and uh, all sorts of things like that. Back in the lineup this past week and scored his first goal there in seven years. So congratulations to Brad Malone. Howie Blues is back. I just scared him. Helps if I unmute. But yes, I am back. Um, I I realized, Kidder, not that I I wanted to uh, leave during that um, section, but I realized that I wanted to grab a few things for a section upcoming, so I had to quickly uh, run to grab some stuff. So I was trying my best to uh to to be quick about that and uh and such and getting down on the bud light though getting 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 a little low <laughs> you might need another one there howie blues uh no no i'll 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 pass i six beers in one night kidder that's uh i'll be sleeping on the floor oh maybe we need rude boy to challenge you <laughs> Uh, Howard does not accept drinking challenges. He knows his limits. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, now that we finished the pro hockey talk, we should talk about some fighting Sioux hockey action. I mean, well, I just, I just did. I know, but I, I, I have. Yeah. There's, there's more pro hockey talk on the run sheet, Kidder. That's, it's true, but you didn't move it around. <laughs> <laughs> no, I moved it, and then somebody inserted oh. the Sue oh, stuff. Inserted, oh. yeah, yeah. Mm. So somebody, somebody else screwed up the run sheet. Wasn't me. <laughs> 
Well, since I mentioned it, because we don't want to talk. Oh, I see there's something about some trash bag team from a neighboring state. So <laughs> the Sioux play Colorado College in the NCHC quarterfinals. The first game was tonight. Your University of North Dakota fighting Sioux in action in Grand Forks. And the Colorado College Tigers won. Your fighting Sioux. Two. Game two tomorrow night. We'll see how it goes. And then, of course, uh, down the road as we start the whole playoff picture as we continue into March. But being it's this weekend, it was always the weekend we'd go up and uh, watch the team play. Uh, uh, we, you know, hang out with Brother Nico. And sometimes uh, one, one of the times, uh, Ruboy Kyle came up for it and we had some good fun. And of course, us way back in the day, either working the games or hanging out, watching them on TV. And it was almost always Colorado College. <laughs> Seem to remember it always being CC, but whatever. That's fine. A good victory as it continues. So mm-hmm. there's that. Now the floor is yours. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kenner, I just wanted to bring up two things about uh, the Minnesota wild. Um, One, I think you'll actually enjoy. And if you don't know about it, you'll want to go check it out. Uh, But just this week, uh, the wild were playing the Detroit red wings. And at the end of the second period, I think uh, I, my details are a little shaky because I'm sleep deprived. Uh, It was four to three and uh, Kidder, uh, Line brawl breaks out. It's quite the fight. There is blood on the ice. The goalies even square off. It's quite the quite the way to end that they ended the second period. Um, if you, I, I'm sure future Howard will include some clips as we're talking about it uh, here. So those of you on YouTube, you can see it. Uh, those of you in the audio, hey, check out the YouTube version, or you know, you could just probably search "Wild Red Wings Line Brawl." But why would um, you want to go anywhere else when you have a couple of good brothers enjoying a St. Patrick's Day weekend? Yeah, but I wanted to point it out to you, Kidder. I know you enjoy a good hockey fight. I wanted to share it with you so that you could uh, check it out. But yeah, there was blood on the ice. I'm trying to remember. If it was a Red Wing player or a Wild, I think it was a Wild player, but one of them, helmet off, gets just slammed back of the head into the ice, and there's just blood squirting out. It, it was, it was a line brawl of the uh, classic sort. So I just mm. thought I'd bring that up. I know you enjoy a good hockey fight. Um, oh yeah. So one for you to check out. Uh, you know, when you have some time. The other thing I wanted to just share, because I heard this stat and I thought it was worth sharing because it flies in the face of a bold proclamation that I made on this show that pulling your goalie is pointless. Apparently not if you are the Minnesota Wild, who this season have scored 17 goals while skating six on five, which is more six on five goals over than any other NHL team in the past 15 seasons. So 
I, I have to admit, they're finding success with the whole polling the goalie, including I saw one game where they were down three goals and managed to score two of them with the empty net. So I just throwing that out there, pointing out, okay, clearly for my hot take that pulling your goalie is a bad idea, apparently, uh, you know, if you are uh, the Minnesota Wild, it's a decent tactic for you. Yeah, one of them happened uh, against the Avalanche too. So there's that. I, I, I will say, though, um, in the article I read on this, uh, which was by the wild, I did like their coach who said, it's not like I want to pull the goalie with eight minutes left. Hopefully, we're not in that position to begin with. But it seems like we are. <laughs> so um, kind of acknowledging that, uh, yes, they've been having success with that, but really he would prefer that they were not in that position. Uh, position on a regular basis but anyway it was an interesting stat it, it kind of adds to this debate um which you know what we had rude boy kyle on uh you know two weeks ago and uh, i you know being sick i didn't think to ask him his hot take on that so we, we're gonna have to try again to get rude boy kyle on here and remember this uh this debate and uh see what he thinks of it but thought i'd worth sharing both those things so i know you don't like talking about the wild but you know <laughs> i just like talking about them when they lose well at least i didn't talk about them necessarily winning i just <clears throat> wanted to share one interesting stat and a line brawl for you so i might actually yeah. go watch that yeah we'll check it out it, it, check it out it i mean it that's good. We, there haven't been a lot of line brawls that I've seen, or even a ton of really good fights this season. So, hmm. yeah, it's worth sweet. Worth pointing this one out. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> I understand that uh, you've you've been also been paying attention to some various miniatures of the sort, doing some some mini work if yeah were. If yeah yeah, yeah uh at, at the time of us recording this if you're a follower of our youtube uh page or our facebook page uh you would have seen the return of howard's cave of wonder coming out of nowhere because i didn't know this was gonna happen and it was worth reporting uh, my one of my all-time favorite miniature companies is uh, Reaper Miniatures, and part of why I like these guys is they're just good people, and um, they have started a uh, I'm trying to think of the right word that I want to use. Come on, sleep deprived Howard. Um, they've started a little campaign to try and raise some fund for uh, the Ukraine, um, and. They're doing this by offering out a uh, special miniature. It is a Ukrainian Nightingale uh, Bard. It's a really cool figure, very nicely done. Um, they are selling it right now as a pre-sale. Um, by the time this episode's out, it's you could probably get one pretty quickly. Um, they probably have caught up by then. Um, they're selling it for $9.99, and of that, $7.50 of that will go to UNICEF for um, Ukrainian relief. 
So I just want to point that out. I, I mentioned it in the Howard's Give a Wonder, but these guys just continue to do a great thing of when there is an opportunity to help, they do. Um, they made uh, and sold special miniatures during the um, Australian brush fires a couple years ago. Uh, Jason Wiebe, who is the sculptor of this uh, Ukrainian nightingale uh, figure, went through some um, health problems, and they actually made a special figure that they sold uh, that basically helped pay for his medical bills while he was in the hospital and couldn't work. I mean, they're just good people, and uh, and I like that. Um, but one of the other things, Kidder, that I like, and I've talked about their customer service and such, but um, one of the other things that they do is uh, every now and then, because they, they sell paint and such, and I didn't take the time to find a sample one, but when they're making up their, their batches of paint, if, uh, if one doesn't come out right, you know, or maybe a little different or a little off, what they do is they end up putting a sample label on it and they throw it into random orders. So they don't waste like a batch of paint that didn't quite turn out right. They just, hey, here's a free sample. In fact, uh, I actually had an order, and I like this. On the bottom of the receipt, they have a note that says, uh, from time to time, we may include sample items and orders. If you receive one of these items, nice. <laughs> this is what they put on there. Um, Anyway, Kidder, I actually placed an order uh, with them. And let me tell you a story, Kidder, because I can tell you this because this episode will come out after St. Patrick's Day. I got up to a little St. Patrick's Day shenanigans about a year ago and haven't paid it off yet, and I'm going to pay it off this year. Um, at my work, we have a wellness committee, and last year for St. Patrick's Day, they thought it'd be fun to hide these plastic coins these green plastic st patty's day coins through the employee areas of the heritage center and if you found one uh you could take and turn it into one of these wellness committee members and get a chintzy prize and i mean it was things like stuff that more like like an elementary school kid would like like here's a pencil here's a pencil topper here's you know it yeah Anyway, uh, Kidder, I found one of these coins um, actually before I had left the building because I left the building late the night before St. Patrick's Day, found a coin, and I thought, okay, I'm going to have some fun. So I took the coin, and I hit it, and went home that night, and I painted up. I made a little tiny, and I mean tiny, it was, you know, maybe yay big by like yay tall post-it note and put IOU on it. And when I showed up at work the next day before anybody arrived, I, I put it where the coin was. So there was a little IOU note there. <laughs> Unfortunately, nobody ever found the IOU, which is sad. But here, here's what I've been doing, Kidder. For a year, I took and I actually purchased every Leprechaun figure that Reaper makes, because they do have some leprechaun figures, and they're, they're I have some on my desk. Uh, I've been working on painting them up. I've been painting them up, and my evil scheme... There we go. Here's a fun one, Kidder. It's a leprechaun on an owl. Why is a leprechaun on an owl? I don't know. But it's interesting. 
Anyway, Kidder, uh, my evil scheme is to, this year on St. Patrick's Day, return the coin back to where it was and surround it with these leprechauns. <laughs> so I've been madly painting leprechauns uh, to try and get this done. Um, and wouldn't you know it, Reaper actually put out, they do a thing where um, when you place an order, if you um, place an order that's $40 or more, they give you a free figure every month. And this month's uh, free figure happens to be this guy here, uh, which is a leprechaun playing a fiddle with a little dancing mushroom. So I needed him to complete the leprechaun collection for this joke. <laughs> so, Playing the long game as usual, I see. <laughs> yeah. So I just got these today, but here's the cool thing, Kidder. Here's, here's why I'm excited. I got a freebie in with my order. I got a, a bonus thing. And uh, <clears throat> Kidder, Kidder can, you, can you read that? Bone six. Yeah. Uh, Reaper is putting out a set of five figures from Bone Six, and they've been dropping them into uh, random orders. So I have a Bone Six model uh, here already. It's a uh, rogue holding a torch. So that's very cool. So um, I know we've been talking a bit about Bones Six. And you asked me, I think it was an episode or two ago, like, what's going to be in it? Well, Kidder, the uh, Reaper forums have started sharing uh, the different previews of some of the stuff that Reaper is including in Bones 6. So I thought I'd share very quickly here some of the things we know about. Um, we got some basic things, like these skeletal warriors. We got, this is a sketch for a uh, really nice chonky dragon, and there's a rendering of it down below. Oh, yeah, that one's cool when you see it. Uh, we have some dwarven coins. So those are kind of cool. We have a minotaur, and I, I will say, Kidder, um, the best comment I have seen about this minotaur uh, was a uh, member of the forums who put, uh, that minotaur with his pose looks like he's a minotaur who's not allowed to get within 500 feet of a school. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's kind of some poor hand placement. Um, so, uh, a couple of other just standard things. Let's get down to some of the cool things. We have these kind of cool lizardy people. Those are neat. It's like sea serpent or something. Yeah. Lady. Let's get down to the good stuff. Here's one that I absolutely love. This is a swamp shambler. And it's just cool. So far, my favorite of everything previewed. Um, there's actually a, a skeleton right up here on top. There's the skull. You can kind of see that he kind of wraps around there. It's just really kind of a cool figure. It'll be fun to paint. Uh, here's Chunky Dragon the first. So he's a big boy. Um, there's the Swamp Shambler with the scales. So good sized. There you can see the skeleton. So head. 
know, his body, his foot. So that's cool. Some fire news, some Sturgis Wears. The, there's the uh, <clears throat> this is Lard Gulp, the two headed troll. So a good one. There's our leprechaun with the uh, dancing shrooms and this owl statue. But let's get to the cool. We have a giant ant. But here's that uh, dragon kidder that was in that sketch. So there's the model. And here's just a, like a human-sized figure right where my hand is. So That's a big dragon. It's a, it's a very big uh, dragon. And then they have some of these uh, build a warrior guy. So you get the body and pieces, and then you can kind of customize them as you see fit. So... Um, they've been revealing these on their Twitch streams and uh, you can actually see the brothers. So this is Ed Pugue and this is brother Dave Pugue. So they're the owners of Reaper. Uh, this is Ron Haskins. He's their art director. And then uh, um, John Overton who handles kind of their social media. And then um, oh, I forget her name. Uh, I think it's Lauren. She is in charge of all their paint. So, but here's the here's the five figures that they've been giving out uh, randomly in packs, and so I got the one here in the middle. So, but cool stuff. I'm excited, and uh, probably the important thing, Kidder. We we joked about it last time that we didn't have a start date. We do now. Reaper Bone 6 will launch March 31st. So last day of March, Bone 6 goes live. Um, and uh, hey, you know what? Uh, little girl due date is April 8th. So that means a good chunk of the campaign. I'll be at home. So I'll have uh, a chance to follow the campaign closely. So that's cool. Uh, and it's going to run all of... April. I think they said April 30th will be the last date of the uh, campaign. So 30 days where there will probably be a lot of cool stuff. I think they've, you know, they've given a few other little hints and such, but I'm excited. It's bone six. I'll probably be spending some money. So <laughs> some money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so undisclosed amount. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the wife might well, watch this. Well, you'll probably already have it uh, almost ordered, or at least uh, the funds transferred into an offshore bank account by then. So I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they have planned because we're probably talking hundreds of miniatures, and it's always fun. They always put some cool stuff in. There's always stuff that I never expected. There's always stuff I never knew I wanted. Um, and hopefully one of these days I'll have more time to paint. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's how it used to be for me when I'd stop by KB Toys in the mall. May KB Toys rest in peace. And here, here is your Star Trek update. Yes. <clears throat> I, uh have been keeping tabs on Star Trek Picard, of course, because 
Star Trek Picard episode two premiered yesterday. I have to say, this is like, this is old Star Trek the, from from the good stuff where Deep Space Nine, TNG, they're really getting into the into the goods. I mean, like just really, really good Star Trek. And uh, two episodes in, I watched the first episode of season two again. That's how how much I enjoyed it. Just really good. So we'll see where it goes. I believe there's 10 or 11 episodes for this season. And then they finished wrapping on uh, finished filming. They wrapped on season three, which is also the finale of Star Trek Picard. Only three seasons. Very disappointing. But I understand because Patrick Stewart is getting up there and it is a lot of work to film a Star Trek series. The other good news is as this episode airs and we continue week by week getting closer and closer. I, yeah, I, I know you're excited for it too. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the prequel of sorts, but follow-up series to Discovery. It's uh, featuring Captain Christopher Pike and the USS Enterprise and his adventures and who Pike was. Anson Mount plays a, a, a wonderful adaptation of Christopher Pike. The first teaser trailer was released this week for that new series. It comes out on Paramount Plus in May, right at the beginning of May. So I'm very excited. Orion, look at this. He's super excited. He's like, Dad, Dad, can we talk about uh, how exciting it is? The trailer it was it was great because it gives you enough to really go what are they going to do here but it also doesn't ruin anything from the series so uh, you and I have talked about it i don't even believe on this show uh, of like movie trailers tv trailers teasers that sort of thing about okay you put so much into a trailer like this needs to be in the trailer it's got to be in there and then you watch the movie and you're like i just watched a longer version of the trailer or you have an actual teaser where wow that, that was a good i want to see this and you watch it and you're like <laughs> so this one i feel is more so in the secondary category because it really doesn't tell you or even say a whole lot because what's the series? We know what the series is going to be. It's going to be the adventures of the Enterprise with Captain Christopher Pike in command. But there's so much to investigate. I'm looking forward to it. Kidding, and I'm gonna, I was going to say, I, I'm yeah. going to blow your mind. I watched mm -hmm. the trailer today. For Strange New Worlds? I did. Wow. And what was your reaction, Howard Blues? Looked good. Looks good. I mean, I probably won't watch it because I don't have Paramount Plus, but uh, it, it looked good. It looked good. If I had Paramount Plus, I might give it a watch. But I don't have Paramount Plus, so I'm not going to watch it. Would you agree in uh, my, my assessment there, my breakdown of that trailer for the upcoming series of there's enough there where you're like, that's really interesting. I should watch it, but there aren't a bunch of key pieces 
thrown away of because they're big moments. Uh, yeah, I mean, if anything, what I would say that they did, and it fits in with the the title of Strange New Worlds, was there was a lot more focus on landscape. Like there was a little bit. Like I can tell you that it has something to do with, and it's kind of a, a classic trope of Pike is an established person but he's clearly like in some sort of retirement but somebody's going to come and say we need you back and he's going to come back and do that like you can pick up like that thread but i have a feeling like that's episode one first 20 minutes done you know so it's like yeah thinking of that but a lot of it just seemed to be just really nice like shots of planets and landscapes and uh, a shot of the enterprise mm -hmm. yeah i mean it no i i can I tell you anything more about what it's about? No. Can I tell you anything about the cast or what the crew's made up? No. But it looked good. It looked good. It looked. And of course, lens if you want to see some, it, yeah, lens lens flares. It, that's a discovery thing. Even Picard, I guess the 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 way the lighting is set up on the the different bridges, it it naturally gives the lens flare for the camera. So, I mean, they've kind of pulled that from the JJ verse, but um, for the most part, it's not overly distracting. Uh, I, I will say as well uh, with the thought of, you know, who the other characters are like the supporting cast, other members of, of the crew and shots of the enterprise. If you haven't watched those, there are a couple of video videos of, uh, explainers from Paramount of this is so-and-so playing this character. This is so-and-so playing this character. So it's very interesting to see some of the characters because they have ties to other pieces of Star Trek that in the Enterprise world have been seen in the original series, hadn't been found or seen even beyond there into, well, I don't want to say discovery because obviously that's before <clears throat> the original series, but uh, before next gen, th there's a lot of stuff that kind of ties in. So I'm, I'm excited to see how it, how it goes. What did you think about the slightly revamped enterprise, the uh, constitution class enterprise that uh, obviously in the teaser trailer, is you see not a lot of it, you know, one view of it basically, but it's the same model that they've used in discovery. And I'm curious to your thoughts. It's not as a hot rod model, which I'm not a fan of uh, in the Kelvin universe of Star Trek, 2009 Star Trek into darkness and Star Trek beyond there's a little too much bloating on it uh, and it bothers me just how it looks. Uh, but what's your thought? I, I thought it looked fine. Truthfully. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it had the classic look and shape of the old original series enterprise, but with a little bit more of the modern sci-fi stylings, if that makes sense sense um you know it, it's i think we as viewers have come a long way in what we accept as sci-fi uh just as a, an example it's the same as like uh you take the original 
Cybermen from Doctor Who whose arms are clearly dryer vent tubing to like the David Tennant era Cybermen, which look a bit more robotic. I mean, they still kind of fit that same, you know, look and design, but it just it it feels a bit more okay for a modern audience that that fits. And that's kind of how I felt about uh, the Enterprise for what little is seen of it. I'm sure that you and some of the other Die Hard fans will nitpick it apart. Um, but for, for me, the casual Star Trek fan, I mean, it looked all right. It's it's no different than what they've done um, when they did the, um, the stuff at the end of Episode 3 of Star Wars where they were trying to move kind of the the prequel look into the look of the original series and it's you know it's it's trying to capture the look of the old but with just enough of what we expect as a modern audience that it it doesn't look like hey we just went and pulled this old stuff from the uh, 70s out of mothballs and trying to convince you it's the same great quality you know it's it's kind of shows the advance in technology a little bit and such. But that's my take on it. I hope that stalled okay. long enough because you seem to be trying to research something. I uh, uh, just to, as you were discussing that, I figured I what better way than to pull up a, a photo of it. Uh, this being a shot from Discovery, Star Trek Discovery, thanks to Paramount Plus there for this image. Uh, a lot of lighting. There's extra ventilation, if you will, uh, on the the nacelles. Uh, a lot of, you know, like I said, lighting <laughs> everywhere on the ship. The impulse engines are a little wider on the side and the back of the saucer. So that if there's a saucer separation, you can use those impulse engines to get away from the star drive section. There's also an interesting hole right here uh, in the strut of the nacelle. As you can see, there's some more lighting. Uh, I think they did a fantastic job capturing an updated version of the Enterprise. This is what I would have liked to see on the big screen. The lights are in the right place. The shape of the ship is nearly identical, which we can go into here shortly. This is a, a close-up of the nacelle or not the, the saucer section. And, and here's the bridge on the top, of course. And again, the lighting, different areas. Uh, this looks like uh, a repair bot, but what I, a nice touch, you see all the lights around the front portion there of the saucer, illuminating the name of the ship and the registry number. I really enjoy that. Again, more lights, you know, me and lights. Uh, as you're talking about the original ver uh, version versus other variations, the reason there's three different variants on here of the same ship on the bottom is because the designers of the ship slightly changed it between the end of season two in Discovery season three and i'm guessing they slightly changed it again for the strange new world series so obviously the original from the original series on top you can see the other three variants 
basically looking the same, but slight details on there. Uh, what should also be noted is in these sketches, the struts are straight up and down, but uh, in the actual filming, they're more elongated to give a little bit sleeker look. Uh, I know this one's kind of hard for you to look at, and it's probably you know, a little small for you to look at as well, but it's the original Enterprise from the original series overlaid with the updated version of the Enterprise. Uh, so a couple things to note is how the nacelles are lower and more in line with the saucer versus the original where they were up higher. And of course, the length of the overall ship, you know, here's the end of the, the first saucer. The new one is a lot uh, larger to be more realistic in size. And then the star drive section is swept back a little bit. So again, I think they did uh, a, a beautiful job and it. it's one of the ships that you can pay a lot of money in a pack to fly in Star Trek online your thoughts uh with that howie blues i mean i i still stand by what i kind of said i yeah i i think they did a nice job of capturing the feel of the original series but modernizing it to kind of what we expect for sci-fi ships in this mm -hmm. era and that's uh you know something tough we talked about it before like the why Enterprise got so much hate mail because, you know, it's before the original series, but everything looks updated. You got it's the same thing with Discovery, right? The Discovery Bridge looks nothing like the movies, the original movies. So you give and take with it, do what you can, make it look futuristic from our current standards, not necessarily compared to the original when it came out before, you know, 50 years oh, ago. Right. I mean, just look at, you I mean, the stuff kidder in our lifetime, you know, when like you and I both had cell phones originally. And if you recall, they were more like a, a, a not quite the, like the brick cell phone, but I mean, they were a chunk and such. And then they went to flip phones. Now we have, you know, smart phones are, our houses are lit with LED lights where, you know, growing up, they were incandescent lights and like tech has moved forward and I'm okay with my sci-fi series reflecting that, you know, and, and improving with that. I, you know, I'm one of those, I still love the old doctor who, you know, the, the stuff from the seventies and such with, um, you know, like the fourth doctor and, and such, I, I, I can like it. I can appreciate it for what it is, you know, and go, yeah, it it's, they were working with a really tiny budget. So yeah, that is a plunger coming out of that Dalek um, <laughs> because it's what they got. You know, I, I can, I can appreciate that kind of like I can appreciate the original uh, trilogy and star Wars and still like, the new stuff that they are doing and it's like, yeah, you've modernized it and it looks and it fits a modern, you know, view doesn't make the old stuff bad. You know, it's, it's all right. So 
Yep, and the, the same thing, you know, for the set. So here's a, a front uh, view back toward the crew. So where the view screen would be, this is a screenshot from one of the Discovery episodes. So it's not from Strange New Worlds because they uh, did some tweaking to the set and the colors and the uniforms for it. But uh, looking at this, Howard, I know you know the original series Enterprise and even the following uh, sets. I think they did a nice job capturing the original feel, but updating it. Yeah. Continue yeah, with that. I, right. I mean, it's it's no different than like people who buy furniture today that would fit into like the uh, mid mid uh, century modern feel, you know, people look at it and go, Oh, that's vintage. And that's that vintage look and style, but it's modern. You know, it's, it's the same thing. You know, I, yeah, I, as I said, I, I've never been one to sit there and go, Hmm, gosh, you've, uh, you've, um, you've made a change to this. So I, I can't like it anymore. Cause it's, it's clearly not in canon with the, the original, stuff that I love from my childhood. Um, I, I, I once made this argument, uh, Kidder. I was with uh, a good friend of mine um, and some of his friends, and they're of a younger generation. But they were talking about the, the latest Star Trek movie that came out, and they, they were just bashing on it. And I said, you know, I actually enjoyed it. I said, it, I said, it popped for me with a lot of nostalgia. I said, because you have to understand, and I, I told them, I said, you have to understand how I look at it. When I was growing up, Star Wars was done. You know, it, when I was watching it as a kid, it was done. There was no new Star Wars. You know, I, the best we got was when they released the special editions. And it's like, holy crap, I actually get to watch my favorite movies in the theater. You know, and, and you I got like care. five minutes of uh, extra film through the entire thing because they threw in extra deleted scenes, right? Well, deleted scenes or some scenes that Lucas always wanted in there that just never made it. And I know some people criticize those, but I, I looked at it and I'm like, I'm okay with it because I'm, I'm getting to see Star Wars in the theaters. But I, I kind of figured like once that was out, it's like it's done. You know, there's, you know, the last Star Wars movie came out in the 80s. Here we are, you know late 90s it's been 10 years there hasn't been traction on star wars um this is what i'm gonna get i'm gonna have these three movies and that's it you know and then they announced phantom menace and i watched phantom menace and attack of the clones and you know revenge of the sith and i will admit those films have their problems the dialogue in attack of the clones is terrible i i mean i will fully admit that there are problems but you know what? I absolutely love those films as well because I got Star Wars back. I got to have my series back. You know, I went to all of them opening day because my series was back. Same with this latest run of Star Wars. I know it's gotten a lot of hate too. And I'll agree. There are some problems, but you know what? I got Star Wars back. I got to go in and see my favorite you know, franchise grow and be back on the big screen and have new stories and new characters and hear the familiar music and 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 go, oh god, that's a ref. You know, even the music is a reference to to this scene in the original series. And 
I got to have that back. And because of that, I'm willing to accept that, yeah, there's some problems and it's not great and it's not perfect. And, you know, that's okay. Because I and got my... Said Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Listen, I don't even care about Jar Jar Binks. You know, <laughs> fine. He's a stupid comedic character, but he's no different than... I mean, he's the C-3PO of the prequels, truthfully. Mm -hmm. What was C-3PO? If you look at C-3PO in the original series, he's an annoying character that was in there for comedic relief. That's Mm -hmm. what Jar Jar Binks was. I mean, you just, you have to kind of look at that. But I I look at it very much as a kid who grew up where my favorite series was dead and was never coming back and we weren't ever going to get more. There was no hope on the horizon. To now I have new movies. And new episodes. Now there are TV series, even though I'm way behind and I haven't watched The Mandalorian and I have definitely not watched The Book of Bubba Fett and I I want to. I just need the time, kidder. I need the... T- maybe when Baby Girl is born. I'll have two weeks off. Maybe. Maybe I can finish those. So I think at the end of the month the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is released as well. Right. I mean, so I... I'm now living in a time where my series is back. And you know what? I'm loving all of it. I will accept its flaws. I will accept their problems because it's back and I get to have it. And I I made this argument to these kids and they kind of looked at me and I'm like, you don't understand. You always grew up where there was going to be more Star Wars. I live in a time where it's like my favorite movie series is no more. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I can accept that. Now, that said, I also love Indiana Jones. I did not like Crystal Skull. That was terrible. (laughs) South Park had a perfect episode on uh, that and the reaction to that movie. And we'll just leave it at that for reference. Uh, So Indiana Jones 5, you going to go? Obviously, you're going to go because then you can see it. But uh, do you think it'll be just like Crystal Skull? I uh, I would like to go. We'll see. I got kids now. Um, I have to give up some aspects of my life, and uh, seeing Indiana Jones in theaters is probably one of those things, unless somebody wants to babysit. Um, if I could, I would go. and Because I'm going to give it a fair shot. I'm going to give it a fair chance to be good. And if, you know... Um, I'll, I'll tell you a story, Kidder. The, the thing that stands out for me about Crystal Skull, the alien thing was stupid. Sorry. Spoilers. There's aliens in <laughs> Crystal Skull. <laughs> they haven't seen it now. I don't think they're ever going to see it because it's been, what, eight years since the damn thing came out? Whatever. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. But, but when that when that came out, that movie, my brother and I went two together and it was a thing of we didn't go to movies together i'm trying to remember when crystal skull came out if i was in college or if i was still in high school trying to remember maybe kidder will be nice enough to look up what year that movie came out but uh kidder you know me and my brother um we've we haven't always gotten along. 2008. Um, 2008. Okay. So, yeah, I was at college. Um, I graduated from college. Uh, especially in college. He had gone through leukemia at that point. 
Um, but we grew very far apart because when I went to college, uh, every time I came home, he would always tell ask me when I was leaving. And uh, it was just kind of clear, like, I wasn't wanted um, around by him. And that's fine. Um, I learned to accept that. But that said, we put kind of any and all differences aside. And the two of us went to that movie together because we grew up watching Indiana Jones together and that was what was important was going to that movie me and him and uh that's what i remember about indiana jones and the crystal skull it wasn't the aliens it, you know it wasn't some of the bad cgi it wasn't even the surviving the nuclear bomb in a refrigerator you know it was the fact that me and my brother got together and we went and we watched this movie, and this, you know, it was part of this franchise that the two of us grew up watching together. And uh, who knows? Maybe when the fifth one comes out, maybe me and him will go again and relive that one more time. Um, it's hard to say. Um, hey, speaking of my brother Kidder, I haven't got to tell you this story yet because it's been that kind of a week. Uh, I was out at the ranch. Uh, this last weekend uh, because uh, Kidder, my dad in his retirement has built a uh, BB gun range in his garage. <laughs> All right. And uh, so once again, I was challenged to a shooting contest between my dad, my brother and myself. Um, so uh, I was out there. Um, my mom was watching Junior, uh, but they challenged. My dad was a lot of doing a lot of trash talk before. You know, hey, bring your quarters. We're gonna play for quarters. You know, there's gonna be money on this. And I'm like, I don't have quarters. Junior gets all my quarters, and he's like, Well, bring cash. We'll make change. You know. And he like, I got out there like, How much cash did you bring? You know, and I'm like, I uh, whatever's in my wallet. I I don't know. I didn't have time to run to the bank. I'm watching the toddler. Anyway, um, Kidder, we did it as a round robin. Um, his range can hold two targets, 10 shots each person. Um, I got three practice round shots before because they have already been practicing and having a couple of competitions between them. And so they're like, well, that's only fair. Chris gets a couple of shots. And I have to remind everybody, um, I came in second during our skeet shooting uh, contest, and they were holding that against me. Even though they forgot that in the pistol contest we did after, I only hit the target once and was terrible. So they were talking like I was some shooting expert, and I'm like, guys, and this is a, a BB gun pistol. I'm like, don't you remember I I sucked at pistol? <laughs> um, and in my three shots, Kidder, my last shot was a bullseye, and that's when they said no more practice shots uh, for hmm. me. Um, it's a good thing so. that counted for your real one. Yeah. So the first round was me versus my brother. Um, it was not a close competition. Um, he was in the lead most of it and uh, would end up squeaking by winning by one point. So uh, he won the first the round versus me. Uh, then it was him versus my dad. Uh, that one was not as close and, uh, 
but my dad would end up beating my brother in that. So he would win. So that meant the third round was me versus my dad. If my dad won, he won the whole thing. Um, and uh, Kidder, I beat him. So Wow. Uh, tree fitty, huh? Well, he uh, he had a couple of zeros uh, on there, and uh, I got into a real streak where, like, I had a really nice grouping on the six ring, and I just could not, I could not get the aim to adjust over to hit the bullseye. But like, I had like almost a straight line like along the bullseye on the six ring. Um, but I was consistent, so that helped. So being that we each had a win, my dad said, well, we got to settle this. So we put up one target closest to the center wins. One shot. Hitter, I beat both of them by half an inch. Wow. Cracked under the pressure. That's right. The guy who does little to no shooting has beaten both of them. And uh, I'm sure that there was some griping about it. I'm sure there's more accusations that I cheated, that I've been practicing in my off-season you know, time um, and all of that. But uh, Kidder, I, uh, I defended the honor of Beer, Blues, and BS and uh, bring home the BB Gun Challenge uh, trophy. There's no trophy. Um, and that said, I had 10 bucks in my wallet, and I didn't get Kidder. I made no money on that. Um, so... Yeah. That's rigged. Yeah. That's rigged. So, uh, Kidder, I, I think that there's uh, only one last thing on the run sheet. Um, yeah, I, I know we kind of skipped over it because you, you wanted to get rid of it a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to mention the Discovery. It's almost over for season four. And as long as I've been talking about this in the past like 11 weeks, they are still Still not at a point for resolution and figuring out how this thing is. And I know it bugs you as much as I've been talking about it because it's been going on forever. But now imagine sitting and watching this and like, go, go do something. And they're all standing around like, this is a very serious, tense moment, and we should take this as a moment. You have 15 hours until everybody dies. Figure this out. Well, I, I just want to say that uh, this is going to be the most monumental moment. And like, go! Get it over! Go! Figure it out! Yeah. And the captain cried again, and um, they're still not to the point of like, where they are, what they're doing and like how to figure this thing out. And they don't have to rush it and be in the 52 minute solve the entire crime conundrum of, you know, an entire encapsulated episode spread it out over a couple. And then this piece, like many arcs within the season, this is getting dumb. It's like if, if uh, let's see, what, what could I equate it to on this show? It's like if we did a what's on tap and we were talking about what's on tap for the entirety of an hour and then continued in the next episode and never got to what's on tap. Never had anything to drink. And then in the 10th episode, the 10th hour in, we finally have a look at the bottle and then it goes to the 11th episode. <laughs> 
anyway, that's my two cents on it. I thought you might laugh at it because we're still not at the point. And that's my point. And I know why watch it, why go through it. But you made my point with talking about there not being Star Wars forever. You don't know if there's ever going to be Star Wars again. Because I was in the same boat after Enterprise was canceled. And there's not going to be any more Star Trek. Like, what's going to ever happen? Maybe a movie every four to six years. And then Discovery. Wow, new series. Sweet. And, And then... So there is still Picard. There's strange new worlds and lower decks and prodigy to really look forward to that are still to come this year. Section 31 still on the docket to be made. Get it done. Make it happen. Do something interesting again. Anyway, that's that. Actually, Kidder, um, to, to be honest, at one, for the audience, uh, I saw Kidder had put on the run sheet some stuff about Discovery, and uh, I put in the bullet, uh, can we stop talking about this? It is clear you're not enjoying it. Why must I suffer, current Howard? Um, so I just put that in there, but just to throw that in there. Uh, but Kidder, that's actually not what I was talking about, because I kind of forgot that we hadn't talked about Discovery and I had added a topic 10 uh, earlier uh, in the uh, episode while you were talking about something else. So when I said mm-hmm. there was one last thing on the run sheet, I was actually referring uh-huh. to that and not mm-hmm. Discovery. But I went back I, anyway, just like you, Discovery was going back in time and now they're in the future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I also saw this news and I, I, I saw it and went, huh. And then I moved on with my life. Uh, of course. It, oh, hi, uh, Orion. I was going to say uh, the news, Kidder, because I'll try and keep it quick. Uh, the news is, and uh, being that he's from Bismarck, uh, we've kind of followed him loosely, even though we're not really about football on this podcast. Uh, but the news came out that Carson Wentz has been traded from the Indianapolis Colts uh, to the Washington Commanders. Um, yes, Commander. And, and uh, Kidder, I, I saw this, and I'll put the graphic up for uh, those watching on YouTube. Um, but I saw this come out from, uh, uh, I forget which um, sports reporting service, but um, the uh, Washington Cap Commanders, they're <laughs> I I would rather yep. be talking about the Capitals. And again, Commander's stupidest name ever. Um, mm-hmm. Just going to say that. Uh, Master and Commander. Hey, get this one, Kidder. I caught this story. Apparently, uh, Commander's was one of a long list of things that were proposed as the new name for the Washington football team. Um, and it was put out to like the general public and feedback was collected and all of that. And it later came out that the owner of the Washington Capital or Capitals, the Washington football team, liked the Washington Commanders. It was always going to be the Washington Commanders, but they did all of this public campaigning, so people thought they actually had a voice in the matter. <laughs> the so, illusion of choice. What a waste. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, 
so with that, Kidder, but I, I saw this from a, uh, a sports news agency. The Super Bowl odds drop. The Commander's Super Bowl odds dropped from 60 to 1 to 75 to 1 after trading for QB Carson Wentz. Ouch. Yeah. That's, and that's rough. Uh, yeah. And uh, Kidder, on that terrible bit of news we've been talking for quite a while it's probably time we wrap this up especially since hey for those of you who placed your bets howard finished his beer it be empty so it's definitely time to wrap this up <laughs> thanks and and uh, of course we also just for the record follow carson a little bit because he graduated from our high school so there's there's that Get it together, man. All right. We've been talking a little bit, so let's get a couple plugs in. Uh, first of all, next week, a programming note. So if you're watching this and catching up on old, old episodes, jump to next week's episode and check out the Smalls Benefit episode where we talk with the winner from Smalls Benefit who won a guest seat right here on Beer Blues and BS. And hopefully Smalls will be joining us as well. He said he would be along for the ride, and you can too. So please check us out next week or on the next episode of Beer, Blues, and BS. Uh, first of all, thanks for joining us for this episode. Second of all, make sure you join us on BeerBluesBS.com, our home in cyberspace. BeerBluesBS.com. Lots of sweet stuff on the website. Our merch store, get some sweet swag, glasses that you can drink some quality beverages out of, perhaps uh, a hoodie, maybe some leggings for the ladies, a gift for your significant other, lots of cool items and options at beerbluesbs.com. Click on merch. You can also buy us a beer if you'd like to buy a beer for Howard Blues and me, the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kidder. The buy us a beer button is active right now. Beerbluesbs.com. When you go to beerbluesbs.com, click buy us a beer. Buy us one. Buy us two. Buy us a round. Buy us eight. Sponsor the show. Whatever you want. That would be awesome, too. Uh, beerbluesbs.com and in the comments when you submit that if you want to type a note for us uh, go ahead drop it in there and we will share it for you on the screen and uh, read it for those of you listening on the audio versions and yes at beerbluesbs.com you can see the video versions or the listen to the audio versions right there on the website and get the links to all of our places like YouTube subscribe to our page please also Yes, we're on Facebook. Click the thumbs up. And uh, for uh, you audiophiles, if you want to listen to a lot of audio, we have it out there on every audio app, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, uh, Spotify, of course. Uh, iHeartRadio, I mentioned that. Men mentioned Pandora. But uh, other ones to mention, Stitcher, TuneIn, IMDb, Player FM, and Podbean. There's so many different places. If you have a favorite uh, podcast service, go to the search bar or search feature and type Beer, Blues, and BS, and we're probably on it. So if you would, help us out and subscribe. 
sharing is caring as well. Share with your friends. Anyway, uh, I think that's about uh, going to do it for this episode of Beer Blues and BS. All the cheap plugs available online at beerbluesbs.com. So for this supersized St. Patrick's Day half in the bag edition, he's Howard Blues or Howard O'Hulihan. I'm the man, the myth, legend, Mark Kidder. We'll see you again on the next episode of Beer Blues and BS. Remember to keep your glass at least half full. Hopefully you join us for free beer tomorrow and we'll catch you on down the old dusty Tuscan highway. Happy St. Patty's day. Have a great rest of your evening, day, morning, whenever, and wherever you are. Take care. and We'll see you on the next episode of beer blues and BS. You have been listening to a UA production of beer blues and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty. UA Productions presents A Glimpse Behind the Curtain. Oh, you saw that? So what? Okay, good. <laughs> Should I be looking for anything? No. Don't, don't tell me I'm the only one who's, uh, mm. I see we're going to talk lawnmower simulating. No, we're not. Yeah. I scrolled down. I found it. <laughs> and I see you there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's okay. We got to have something that we eventually cut from the show. <sighs> I'll just take it out. <laughs> oh I'll have to take a nap nap would be amazing I tried to take one earlier Junior pulled me off the couch hmm.